Hello and welcome to the No BS Approach to Motherhood podcast, hosted by Catherine Hay and Shelley McKenzie. We are both mothers and clinical nutritionists who specialize in women's health. We are here to not only bring you the most up-to-date nutritional and health advice when it comes to fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and children's nutrition, but our main goal is to break through the BS that can come with motherhood. No topic is off limits, so grab a cuppa or a glass of wine and join us for another raw and real conversation surrounding motherhood. This week's episode is proudly sponsored by Once Upon, a company who does the most beautiful photo albums. Cappy, I'm absolutely obsessed with the Once Upon app. It is so easy to use, so easy, in fact, that I finally put together my three kids' baby albums, my wedding album after seven years, and a yearbook album of 2023. When the kids went to bed, I just sat up for a couple of nights, scrolling through my phone, picking out my favorite albums, and made them all on the Once Upon app. It was so good. I know, right? It's so easy. I've also done a Sunny Baby album and a 2023 yearbook album, which I put all our favorite memories into. I love having them as an album because I rarely sit on my phone and scroll back and look at photos. It's so nice to have it all in the one book. Plus, I can show Sunny through a book and not through a screen because I'm over screens. I'm over screens. I'm definitely going to do one of these every year for our family and have those beautiful memories to reflect back on. And of course, we always have a discount code for all of our lucky followers. So the discount code is the NOBS25 at checkout for 25% off. And the code is valid until the 20th of Feb. So we'll leave all of that um, and the links in our show notes so you've got access to that. Shelly and I have also been posting about it on our Instagrams as well. So the no BS 25 for 25% off. It is so worth it. My wedding album was like over $200 and came down to about $160. And I'm like, this is the best. It's an incredible, incredible offer and keepsakes that you'll have forever. Yeah. Alrighty, let's jump into this week's episode. It is a things you think but don't say. We love them. We love this. It's lighthearted, it's funny, and it gets the conversations going. So, okay, I'm going to start with the first one. Okay. Love family holidays with my partner and kids. Hate having to go away with my whole family. I actually just want to run away. Well, this is quite fitting for you, Michelle, after our catch-up episode. If you listened to last week, this is like my life. <laughs> yeah, no, this speaks to my soul. I mean, you're not alone because I also feel it. Um, I love my family. Do not get me wrong, but there is 17 of us. And when we go away as a whole family, it's like we're all under one roof. It's chaos. Like my siblings and I still fight and we have seven kids under the age of seven in my family and wow. they're all boys except for like Audrey um and so yeah like I get this I love going away with Macca and the kids but when it's the whole family it's not a break and as we were saying in the catch-up episode the navigating different parentings judgments if you've got like the naughty kid which you know in air quotes I do you're just constantly yep you do as well you're just constantly on edge like oh what are they going to do next like or not even that it's more like oh how is that parent going to respond to my child and you know what was interesting actually over Christmas there were times when because Van is deemed the naughty kid within our family 
there were times when the other kids would go, then just pushed me. And then one of the cousins would go, no, he didn't. But like the parents would come run, running over and be like, Van. And Van wasn't even near the child, but they all know kids are smart. Well, they're sponges and they little dibber-dobbers, especially if there's one already being labelled as the naughty kid or the bully or, or you know, the one, that child. Sunny mm-hmm. was like that over the summer holidays as well. And I'm sure she was very, there were instances where I was like, you need to just slow down, Sunny. <laughs> slow yeah. down. But yeah, it's the family dynamic is a really interesting one. I love going on family holidays with my family, but my family, my immediate family, we are all hotheads. So if there's one thing or there's been a little bit too much alcohol consumed or there's some, there's a big debate, it will be chaos and it can get heated and below the belt comments can be made quite quickly. And that's where it becomes totally unenjoyable. So I get it. I get it from all aspects. And I know most family dynamics, there's this, it can be quite similar. I don't think for sure. sure. Yeah. Or situation to be in whatsoever. Um, because you're always going to have different opinions. And your family knows you so well. They know what buttons to press if it's in a heated moment, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, even before Christmas holidays, like I said to you, I'm actually just not going to drink over Christmas. Mm. Um, And there was two reasons for that. The first reason was because I felt like I coming out of stress, I was starting to rely on alcohol and that's not me. The Mm. second reason was because of that exact reason. Like if my, my siblings have been drinking, I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I want to be able to get in my car and escape if I want to. They were my exact words to you. We need an escape option if we we need it. We do. We do. So yeah, we, we feel you. This is very common. We would, we definitely aren't alone in all of this. So that's fine. If my Phil, my father-in-law has another jab at the way I mother my kids, I will actually kick him in the balls. Oof. (laughs) See, I, I, I can't relate to this because Unfortunately, we don't have father-in-laws, well, it, like we just don't. They just don't exist in our life. Well, my my dad's obviously passed away. Nick, my husband's dad, has passed away, so there's no one else really there to, to jump in at all. So <laughs> I don't know what to say with this. <laughs> yeah, look, um, like that sucks. I, I Yeah, I... My, my father-in-law, I'm really lucky actually with my father-in-law, but um, I I would also say kicking him in the balls is warranted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. If I think of, you know, mothers, even my own mother coming in, I've definitely wanted to kick her in the balls for things she said about parenting and this and you never did this when you were a child. You slept through. I'm like, mum, how do you even remember? You have just glorified our upbringing, like it was a piece of piss, absolute mm. rubbish. I'm calling you out on this. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's that older generation, isn't it? They all um, have something they want to say. And I am constantly reminding, like, my parents and stuff as well that we don't live in your day and age. Like, it is <laughs> very different the way we live. So, um, you know, everything from social media to phones to working the 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 cost of living like it is just a different generation so stop comparing yeah exactly yeah absolutely (laughs) 
So, yeah, we feel you. What's the next one? The constant thinking about fucking snacks and meals all the time for a one-year-old who may not even fucking eat it and throw it back in your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel you deeply on this. It's always so funny when mums write in and there's just so many swear words. It's like fucking, it's like we've got to get the point across. We're angry, we're fed up, we're tired. No one's respecting the food that we're making for them. It's just you can just feel the heat and the tension behind those words. Because it does suck. You know, I see it with my sister, right? Her toddler is so fussy. She's just constantly worried about like what to give him and she'll go through stages where she makes all these beautiful healthy meals and has some in the freezer and he won't eat any of it and she rings me and she's like I don't know what to do and I'm like I don't know what to do either like I I don't know what to tell you it sucks so I deal with a lot of fussy toddlers in clinic because I see you know zero to five in Mm. clinic now one of my clients we've been working on her child she had this great idea and I'm going to share it because I love this is having a snack box in the fridge so it's there all the time So the kids can help themselves. That is it. That is there. You've got any snack box option there that you have, um, I guess, collaboratively chosen together. So whatever's in there, you can help yourself to that snack box whenever. That is there. That there is no other options in the house. You have your meals. They're there. But that is it for the entire day. And it could be a combination of some crackers, some baby cucumbers, uh, you know, a yogurt pouch or, or whatever, or some homemade muffins, whatever's in that snack box that everyone has contributed to in that morning. That is it. That is it. Done. I like that idea. Love that idea. And it's funny you say that um, on Temu. Have you seen mm. Temu, that app, like T-M-U, T-M-T-E-M-U? Oh, yes. Yes. I actually bought the kids little snack boxes for no shit, like $3. Yes. Um, I bought them all the different and they've got four snack compartments and my kids are living for that. Like every morning they do it. It's got gut gummies, a little trail mix, you know, whatever else, some crackers, hummus, like whatever they've put in there. But I think that's a really nice idea. Yes. And getting your kids involved in the process is yes. always going to help. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is... There, another nutritionist friend of mine has created these incredible books and um, the, her first one was Bocky the Brave. So it's talking about broccoli and getting your kids activated and I, it's another uh, resource that I've been telling a lot of mums is actually, you know, buying books, reading to them, showing them. I mean, a one-year-old is hard because the communication obviously isn't there. But I think the more you're actively engaging in food, showing food, this is the only options um, and not just reverting back to safe foods because that's where that cycle starts and that's where that cycle is hard to break. And I've had to send kids away with starving bellies at night to break that cycle, but a kid will never go more, you know, a kid will want food eventually. So, you know, And that's like a whole nother issue in itself. So I think if you can try and put the groundwork in at one or, you know, in that first solid journey, they're going to be fussy at some point. That's just, that's regardless. Developmental phases, emotional changes, all the rest of it. But I think having that groundwork, getting them involved in food, even, you know, Sunny is being a little bit picky. I say, okay, so we're going to eat, let's just say, all that cucumber that's going to give you this energy. See how many times you can run from here to the wall. And I'm going to time you. And then she comes back and she wants more because it's a little bit of a game. So again, hard with a one-year-old in this particular instance. However, there are ways around it. And I think it's just, you have to get a little bit creative. And I always say we have to be a bit theatrical with our children just so they 
get involved. We can bring it back to their favorite TV character or if they love Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse eats her carrot. So why don't you, you know, I think there's other ways we can do it as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that's such a good point. And yeah, one is hard. Um, I know with Audrey, she went through a phase of, yeah, just throwing everything on the floor. I would, at that point when she started doing that, pick her up out of a chair, put her on the ground, let her play again, leave her food. And then she often always would come back and like try to climb up her high chair. Mm -hmm. And then I'd put her back in and she'd continue to eat. So that's another thing like that whole giving them their food. As soon as they start throwing around, it's an uh uh-uh, pick them up, put them down, let them go off, have a play. But then they start to realize as well that that's not okay. You know, because they're smart. Like they know, oh, if I start doing this, I'm out of here. here." So then, and then you can put them back when they're actually ready to eat. So that's like, we still, Audrey's 18 months and we still have to do that with her um, because she will just like, her thing now at 18 months so she was in that phase now at 18 months she likes to get out of her chair and carry food all around my house which I do not like so that's the same it's like put your food back go play come back when you want to eat and so then she comes back and actually eats you know instead of like giving it to the dog or whatever else so yeah tough age but just stay consistent because I can tell you as well and Cappy you would have seen this with Sonny but then now as a four and a half year old like he's gone his whole toddler life not liking things like tomato for example Mm. and saying Lenny never liked broccoli now then as a four and a half year old Lenny is a three-year-old eats broccoli eats tomato because I've just always continued to offer it not every meal yeah but and I've never pressured them to eat it I've just been there and they're like mommy I don't like this I'm like no worries mate just leave it but now they eat that food because it's always been offered to them so that's the other thing is just like as you said they're always going to go through fussy stages it is exhausting Mm. just to it um because I promise you once you get through this phase like your child is still only one like you still have a chance to really develop good eating habits and they will learn yeah absolutely and I have a rule I have a rule with Sunny I'm like you just have to try it once if you tried it once especially a new food that she doesn't know like you don't actually know what this tastes like you could be pleasantly surprised and really enjoy eating this so I have a rule you try it once and if you don't want to eat it that is completely fine but you have to try it yeah that's my rule at the moment but anyway yeah I like that anyway (laughs) lots of tips and we will link a toddler nutrition episode as well all right next one (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I birthed my baby and my libido. See you in a million years, sex drive. <laughs> well, I know this is so common from my own clinical experience um, in my clinic. I see so many women because I specialize in reproductive health and I always ask women in their initial consult, what's your libido like? Mild, moderate, non-existent, high. And I guarantee 80% is non-existent, which is so common, so, so common after giving birth. Hormone drops, changes in fluctuations with hormones. If you're breastfeeding, if you're not, it is one of the most common parts to especially that first year of postpartum. So I just want people to know you are not abnormal. You are not alone. It is very, very, very common. And if you are breastfeeding, you are actually basically 
stopping or shutting down those key hormones that are needed for your libido to arise and to even get you in the mood or semi even think about getting in the mood to have sex or you know be intimate in whatever you know degree you want to do it so very normal Mm. and the other part of that so as you mentioned there's that hormonal shift that's occurring and you can get some blood tests if you wanted to look deeper into that because obviously like low libido it doesn't, it's very common, very normal, but you can also do things to help your libido if you want to. Like if it is something that you are wanting to improve and you're out of those initial phases, you can, you know, there's beautiful herbs, supplements, all kinds of things. We can look at supporting hormones, all that. But the other part of this is also the tap out of children. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like there's, there's, yeah. So yes, there's like root causes, of course, but then there's also just that everyday tap out of mm. literally that, touched out. Touched out, touched out. And you go through such a huge change in your relationship when you have children. One child, multiple children, it doesn't matter. It is the most trying time in your relationship too, as you're navigating parenthood together as a team. And that comes with its own stresses as well, which obviously will affect intimacy, libido. But we were talking off air um, just recently about this, Shell, and mm. you were saying you and Maka, I think this would be really good even if you just wanted to just briefly yeah. touch on what you guys are doing to kind of just keep that semi-spark there in and outside of the bedroom. And that's what the key message here was when you were talking about it. So are you happy to share? For sure. So I was saying to Cappy that one of our intentions for this year, Macca and I, is to focus on our relationship both in and out of the bedroom. And so in and out is very important. So I always have this thing in my head that um, I don't know where I read this or what have you, but a male needs love to express and to feel love, whereas a female needs to feel love in order to give love. And Mm. so that's just like always in the back of my mind and uh, the reason that this is a focus for us in 2024 is Cappy as I was saying like you know Audrey's our last child we now have three toddlers it just feels like this time's going and eventually our kids aren't going to need us and it's just Macca and I and so we are definitely in another phase of parenthood and I just said to Macca like it will be us one day and we really need to focus on the longevity of our relationship and so yeah, focusing on our relationship both in and out of the bedroom so we're both getting our needs and it it is our relationship has never been better. So, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. I think that's really helpful in just showing that it's not always about sex to create a spark, especially in your libido, especially for women. I feel like you were saying outside of the bedroom, it's the small things, it's the gratitude, mm. it's the it's the affection, it's the touch, whatever your love language is, that practice daily as a conscious effort too may lead to more intimacy in the bedroom if you are wanting to connect in that way as well. Obviously, I'm no expert here whatsoever. I know I've talked about, you know, my sex life on here before. Um, And I definitely felt the hit of having no libido after Sunny. That was one of the biggest shocks for me. And that lasted, gosh, I reckon a good 24 months Mm. for me. Um, and so, but yeah, I think it's just being aware of it too and openly having those conversations. We should get a sex therapist in. I think that would be really good to have a professional in so we can do, we can do a question box, have all of those answers 
there but with an actual professional so we can get other tips and tricks and mm, I think that'd be a good one. I think that would be awesome. I know even for us, you know, Maka will say things like he said it to me the other day. He came over to me and gave me a big kiss and cuddle. His love language is touch Maka. Mine isn't. So that's the other thing. We're like polar opposites there. And he goes, I haven't even had a kiss this morning. And it was half an hour. We would have gone last year an entire day without kissing or cuddling just mm. because we were just in the swing of it. Not because we didn't want to. We just simply didn't think about it. And so that was where it was now that we're really like prioritizing and focusing. As I said to you, Cappy, like it's not as if we're having any more sex than what we were last year, but it's just now. And and like I'm making a conscious effort, so I'll share this. You know, like I said to you, I've bought some sexy lingerie. Don't really know what to do with it, but it's there. But, you know, like I'm trying as well when we are in the bedroom just to get into that feminine energy and just... I'm trying to switch off from like and give him my everything in terms of like my attention and I'm I'm really trying to leave motherhood and the household and all of that outside yeah. where it belongs when it's just him and I connecting, we're connecting. But that is translating to big things outside of the bedroom, like him acknowledging and even noticing that we haven't kissed and cuddled or kids, like even seeing them, like we are so affectionate right now and a large part of that is coming from him and looking at the kids they'll come over and like join in on a cuddle and their little faces just light up when they see it and it's really it's just our I don't know we're just in a really good place having that focus it's amazing really what it can do but absolutely as I said this is 2024 we've only just kind of like made this a priority and Audrey's now 18 months so last year was not the case yeah it's that intimacy but outside of the bedroom it's not inside. Yeah. I think we use this we use the word intimacy and we think oh we think of sex immediately when it's not it's actually that all these other little things it's like a it's like a it's a simmer you know you, you think of a gas burner and you can adjust the heat of that fire it's like you want to have that fire always simmering there and then when it's at full pelt that's sex you can go into yeah. the bedroom whatever but it's keeping that fire going and keeping that flame simmering and that intensity can change based on all of the little things outside of the bedroom and I think that's the really important thing there and you really I guess hit a, a heartstring for me is that the right word don't really know but um when you were saying you can go you know a whole day without a kiss and a cuddle because that's where Nick and I had been too wouldn't even know and the other day I went up and I gave him a hug and he's he's he was shocked because again his love language physical touch and words of affirmation mm. I am the polar opposite don't not touch at all and mine is receiving gifts that's just my love language yeah. so we're polar polar opposites I gave him a hug um and a kiss and he was shocked he was like where did that come from and you know then that's because again you just ship sailing in the night you're in your routines you kind of sure. again it's not for any particular reason but you're just kind of going on with your days that you forget that even a hug or a kiss can make such a world of difference. And Nick said, if we hug each other eight times in a day, he's gone down the rabbit hole of like, I don't know. Yeah, no, this is, this is true. Yeah. The eight hugs a day that really helps to initiate that intimacy, again, outside of the bedroom and that connection and that feeling of peace. And the other day I was really stressed. I was just having a really off day. Anxiety was high and I couldn't self-regulate. You know, I went to, for a walk. I was trying to do all those things. He said, let's just hug eight times today. And it was funny. I remember on that sixth hug, I was just like, oh, I could just, I just felt grounded. I was just like, 
I'm okay. I relaxed. And I think it was just having him there as my safe mm. person, but also that that cuddle and that human connection was just so important. So, yeah, just I'd share that too. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It really is. So, you know, you will get there, um, do the groundwork, like as in, you know, yeah, check if you want to in on your hormones and all of that, but just know that it is a phase and you will go back to having a libido and wanting sex and intimacy and all of that kind of stuff again. And perimenopause hits. <laughs> <laughs> we won't Way, to, <laughs> way <laughs> to ruin the fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's all of them. Yeah, that's it. So thank you for writing in. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That way we can continue to inspire and reach more mamas around the globe. If you would like to get in contact, request a guest or topic, then head to the No BS Approach to Motherhood Instagram page and send us a direct message. Otherwise, until next episode, stay sane, mama.